Hey, everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women and our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women and our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. I'm Stacey Galino, host of Faith and Good Counsel, and I'm here today, so happy to be with my beautiful co-host, Dr. Mary Wallace and Erin Franco. Welcome, ladies. Hey, you guys. Hey, hey there, Stacey. Hi, Mary. Hey Hello. there, Erin. You know, I was so blessed to be able to spend some time with uh, with Erin recently. We just had, um, very recently, in fact, we had uh, a weekend together at a, a big event that we're going to be talking about later in the show because it has such profound meaning to our topic today, which is marriage and relationships. And I'm really, really excited. I tell you, I had another topic in mind, but Holy Spirit just really moved me to change that topic while my heart is so full of what I experienced over the weekend, Erin, with your family. So I can't wait to tell people about it. Is that a big enough uh, teaser (laughs) there? That's a teaser. I'm thinking, (laughs) wow, I want to know. Yeah, well, you're going to hear it. And it's gonna, you're going to love it, Mary. You're going to love right. it. So, gosh, I just want to, again, welcome our listeners back. Thank you so much for all your comments. I'm loving seeing you out in the community and hearing from you. And and our new listeners, too. We've, we've got this brand new listenership in the New Orleans and the Gulf Coast area, even up into Mississippi. So um, welcome, welcome, everybody. I hope you'll join in regularly as we um, have our episodes every Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock after the Divine Mercy. And, you know, you can always contact me here at the station, Escalino at CatholicCommunityRadio.org. You can check out our Faith and Good Counsel page. Um, you can message me there as well. Leave a comment. We would love that, wouldn't we, girls? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We want we want some dialogue. And um, you can also go to CatholicCommunityRadio.org, the website there, and not only look at Faith and Good Counsel's information, but there are other plenty, plenty other shows that we have um, local programming um, that you can check out as well. Um, and slowly but surely, I'm uh, plugging away at my blog, stacygalino.com, and I'm putting on the site our past shows with show notes, archived uh, information, resources, etc. So that's, um, that's pretty exciting. That way they'll live there as well as eventually back on the Catholic Community Radio website. So speaking of, of that, let me uh, I tell you what, let's check in on our blogs, on your blogs, after we pray. This might give you a little uh, window into the topic we're going to talk about today, but I found this beautiful, beautiful prayer in the book, Theology of Her Body, Theology of His Body, and it's on page 45 of that book. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as your daughter, I come to you with all of my hopes and fears. You alone perfectly understand the desires of my heart and even its most hidden wounds, At times I have turned from you, doubting your love for me. You have created me for love, but I have all too often sought to find that love apart from your plan for me. In the future, when I am tempted to run from you, please help me to trust in you. When I am tempted to settle for the kind of relationships that distract me from you, teach me how to love. When I begin to believe the world's empty idea of beauty, help me to see my body as you see it. For it is only with you that I can become who you created me to be. By your grace, may I desire nothing less. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I thought that was such a profound prayer. And uh, I did want to share that with you. This is a fabulous book, by the way, Theology of Her Body, Theology of His Body. I just love Jason and Crystalina Everett. They just hit the nail on the head every single time. There's so much in in this one little book, and they have so many Mm -hmm. resources. I'm just, you know, Kleenex, reading their works. I mean, it's just just profound so much so much for us to glean and learn from um and um and draw upon their wisdom and their experience i think it's so beautiful when a young man speaks truth about women i and and jason if you've ever heard him speak just really speaks to the heart of women as a man and um i'll tell you at the places i've seen him in the youth world the abbey youth fest and such the women and the young girls are like, I've never been spoken to like that by a man before. Right, you right. Know? And he, it's reminding me, too, of the work of Father Calloway, mm-hmm. you know, who is a priest. But he educates us on the true dignity of our womanhood, mm-hmm. what our church teaches us, what our church wants us to know, what right. our church calls us to. It moves me to tears when I hear him speak too. So beautiful. It is. Well, you know, let's check in on our blogs real quick. And then I want to hear about your saint or your saints for the day. So I know something new is going on with your blog, Mary, theworkingcatholicmom.com. It is. And you know, if you log into it right now, if you pull up that URL, you will see a new design. Um, And they did push it live. It kind of went prematurely for me. So I'm still populating a few things, but you'll see... um, Sort of a new design that fits more my personality. I, I use, you know, when you're new to the blogging world, you just sort of take a theme and go with it. And this is redesigned by my very good online friend in Galveston, or, or I'm sorry, Bryan College Station in Texas, uh, Lauren Golday, who I know our father, Chris Decker, knows. And uh, it's just beautiful, and it, it speaks more about really who is a working Catholic mom, great with some Proverbs quotes, and really better my color schemes i'm saying i just i've i've taken a look at it. i don't know aaron if you've seen it but it it does speak mary to me yeah yes more so than the other one which was fine it was fine for for the purpose that it was and you know one of the things i wanted to do was set my blog up so that i could in the future have other working catholic moms be able to um be uh, additional writers. Oh, to the so blog. you're going to have contributing authors. I'm hoping to end oh, the cool. year. Cool. So, um, such a good idea for you. And you know, this is whether you work inside the home, outside the home, it doesn't matter. Your time is so limited. And so to have contributing authors spreads that workload. And besides, I work better on a team. I'm not, I, I don't <laughs> like working individually on things. And so, I think it'd be great to work with a bunch of women who are faithful. Well, absolutely. And we can share the wisdom. I mean, there, there's right. other, there's, there's special areas that you have that God has given you to draw upon and to add to the block. And there are other women I know right. that, that also have something to share that would be collaborative with what you're, what you're trying to absolutely. do there. I think it's awesome. Take, go and check it out. The working Catholic mom dot com it's beautimous and tonight hopefully i will get out the blog i've been promising uh readers the blog about using um the spiritual and corporal works of mercy in the Mm. workplace Mm. and i have i I am still editing that post and hopefully we'll have it out tonight oh i'm excited about that that's awesome um aaron what about your blog what's the status 
Uh, well, I actually have a post, like Mary, I have a post uh, to look for later this week. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote and did a little family retreat for my family. And I know my little my little boy, my oldest is only three and a half, so um, it was very simple. But basically for um, four or five days, I planned a little activity for the kids and I to do during the day. Um, an activity for Michael and I to do, and, and an activity that we did as a family, and all of, um, everything kind of worked together. Um, we had kind of like a different topic every day. We did um, the Sacred Heart one day, and we did um, the Rosary one day, and we did the Eucharist one day, and just um, so Michael and I kind of grew in our faith um, and our understanding of some things. The kids had fun, and um, I got to kind of introduce some topics to them, and it was just kind of a, a neat way to use our summer and kind of be a little bit more conscious about our family faith formation. That is so awesome. And how, Aaron, how did you think of this? Was this uh, a, a, just a divine inspiration? Did it come to you in yes, prayer? Ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> no, it was, I just thought of it, and I started one day, and I just typed it up that night, and I told my husband we were going to be doing it. <laughs> And he followed. That's right. The big Italian man followed the heart of the home, and they will. Yeah. They will. Well, that's the thing about Michael. He, um, I, I really can't think of a time when I've said, Michael, I'd like to pray about something, or Michael, I'd like to do something, some kind of spiritual thing. And he said no. You know, he yes. will always say, okay, I'll go along with that. That's a good thing. So, but that's uh, because I think that's a good thing. You yeah. are in, and we will expound upon this later. You are in communion with one another. Uh, usually. <laughs> uh-huh. Most of the time. Most we're striving for it. That's and right. That's right. Always, that's good. Always that's striving. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's funny that you bring up family and holiness, Aaron, because I do believe Mary has chosen today to talk at, at, with regard to our saint about the holy family. Oh, I love the holy family, of Me course. Me too. Everyone does, huh? Oh, yes. Well, and I was sort of thinking about it this morning and praying, okay, I'm always sort of on the edge of who's going to be the saint. And so this morning I'm praying my rosary on the way to work, and it just dawned on me, you know, we're going to have a show about, I don't know if I can give the topic away. We're going to have a beautiful show about lots of family stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, who better than the holy family? And I just got a real image of the way um, Joseph loved Mary. And um, I want to talk to you girls about sort of your devotions to the Holy Family, uh, but I wanted to share too, um, you know, I've been doing spiritual direction probably for the last month and a half, and one of the things that uh, my spiritual director is having me do is to really look at how Joseph um, um, took on the holy will of God and really um, said yes as well, and and we don't talk much about his fiat, but you know, his way of saying, okay, I was going to divorce her quietly, which might have been sort of the holy will of God. And then the angel appearing to him and saying, you know what, you're taking her as your bride. And he's saying yes to that. And so I just uh, have been real focused on St. Joseph the last several weeks and uh, his care of Mary and uh, him finding her a place uh, to have the baby Jesus and then bringing Jesus to the temple with Mary to be presented. And, um, and, and then I, I emailed Stacy and said, what about when they found him in the temple? You know, I mean, we would have been really upset, right? I can't find my daughter sometimes because she goes and plays with her friends in the, the neighborhood, the adjacent neighborhood. And I get so furious, you know, and Joseph didn't. They found him in the temple. 
Jesus's explanation was very simple. And uh, from then on, um, it said, um, you know, Jesus went and was obedient to his parents. But how hard that must have been for St. Joseph to accept that will, but he did. And right. so he's such an impressive um, man for me. And just I, I'm, I'm adding him more and more into my prayer, into my intercessions, along with the whole Holy Family and just uh, asking uh, my family to be um, to be blessed by the Holy Family. Well, there are a couple of things when you were talking that that uh, that I think about when I, I think of St. Joseph. You know, I often refer to my husband as my St. Joseph, we, and we do that here on Faith and Good Counsel because we've all been so blessed with our imperfect but awesome St. Joseph's. And what humility and trust it took for him to give his fiat to the Lord when it made right. no sense at all whatsoever. <laughs> right. Right. He trusted and he was obedient. And number two, the holiness of that man that he must have been for God to choose him among all men to love, care, and protect Our Lady and his only son. Right. I mean, that it, Joseph is silent throughout the scriptures, and yet that speaks loudly and profoundly. Um, I, just, I just imagine him as being this very strong, loving, authentic man, very um, conformed to the will of God. Like you mentioned, Mary, in the temple, he didn't throw a fit that we know. Right. That would, somebody would have right. <laughs> noted that. But every just accepting everything is coming from the hand of the Lord. Right. And um, I just think that that is just... And, and one final thing, there's a movie, The Nativity Story. And Aaron, you having just given birth, you know that in those last... During labor, you may feel very vulnerable. And here is Joseph charged with the responsibility of taking care of our lady carrying her knocking on doors nobody letting them in can you imagine i just that part of that particular movie i, I just cry every time at the love you know so i'm um, in our last couple of minutes though aaron do you have any observations about the holy family or what reflections you know just uh just I always I've been thinking lately about the um, the presentation in the temple and just that idea that I'm presenting my kids to God like my kids are not my own and and the way that I discipline and the way that I'm raising them I mean we all do the best that we can but we really are called to something higher when you think about like them being a gift it's not something that you made and I can do whatever I want with them right it's, um, it, there's right. a calling and there's definitely Amen. an aim you know, to Amen. get our children to heaven and our family to heaven. So. Amen. And Aaron, you know, we're almost out of time in this segment, but uh, you know, we're listening here uh, with you to Faith and Good Counsel. We hope you'll join us back in just a moment and we'll be talking about a new holy family. Stick around. <laughs> Masseter Lind serves Gulf Coast area businesses with services such as major medical retirement and supplemental benefits packages. Masseter Lind is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Masseter Lind, online at info at Arthur J. Gallagher Risk Management Services is an independent insurance broker and has been a supporter of programming on Catholic Community Radio for over two years. Arthur J. Gallagher Risk Management Services. Green Seasons is a local Catholic family-owned business and a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Green Seasons serves the Baton Rouge and surrounding areas with services such as landscape and design, lawn maintenance, and pest control. Online at greenseasons.us. 
Join us for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Baton Rouge, weekdays at noon and Sunday mornings at 1030 on Catholic Community Radio 1380 WPYR. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino here with my beautiful co-host, Dr. Mary Wallace and Erin Franco. Welcome back, girls. Hey, ladies. Wow. I love that we were talking about the Holy Family today because, boy, was I in the midst of holiness this weekend, true holiness, in the midst of just average splendor in the ordinary, regular people, but profound holiness over the weekend. And that event that blessed event that I was privileged to attend and privileged to be a part of was the wedding of your sister, Erin Shannon, Mm -hmm. and her new husband, her new St. Joseph Miles. I tell you, that was a profound experience. I knew it was going to be beautiful. I know your family. I know Miles' family. Um, But I really, I don't think I knew how, just how profound the experience would be. And I wanted today to talk about just marriage and relationships. You know, in our culture today, there's so many challenges to having a holy family. We're surrounded by all manner of philosophies, all manner of disorder. And yet in the midst of all of that confusion, all of that heartache, are these examples of purity, of chastity, intelligent informed decision-making to be obedient to the Holy Catholic Church. And that I witnessed over this weekend. And I want to say every Mass is holy. Every single Mass is holy. But this particular Mass was so incredibly holy, I may even need some <laughs> Kleenex as I talk about it. You might need to blog about I, this, Stacey. <laughs> I may need to blog about this in every way, every aspect, every choice, every decision that was made that culminated in this holy mass. And I dare I say, the people there at the mass as well felt it. I've heard it from some of the other people that I talked to. There was silence. There was reverence. And it wasn't because the bride was so beautiful. She was. Or the groom was so gorgeous and handsome. He was. Everything mm-hmm. was perfect. It was. It was way deeper than that. I, I, I know you probably have some reflections about that too, Aaron. Yeah, you just, um, Shannon is my little sister. Um, and I just, I've written, she actually married, Miles was her high school boyfriend. How about that? Senior year of high school. And of course I was always like, you know, who's going to marry their high school boyfriend? You know, (laughs) your sister were so (laughs) young when they met. Yeah. But, um, I know one thing that I said at their rehearsal dinner, um, that I, I felt like I just wanted to let them know is I have, I've watched them let the Holy Spirit touch their hearts about their relationship and about just growing up and growing in their faith together, especially. And I've watched God change them and form them together and bind them together. And I, it, it's just, it's, it was just absolutely so beautiful to see them up on that altar, knowing where they've come from and where they are now. And knowing how God formed their hearts together and um, and meant for them to be together. And they both had to have a lot of humility individually to say yes to the Holy Spirit prompting their hearts, you know. So um, I was just so, it was just wonderful. 
I think I'm still in that post-wedding glow and <laughs> oh. everything wonderful, you know, but it, it really, it really, really was. It was, and well, speaking of glow, I have to tell you now, now I will say um, I was privileged and very honored to ask to canter for this wedding. So here I am up at the front with my ringside seat by the, huh? you know, by the altar with my harpist who is just glorious. Oh. And, you know, when, when I'm asked to canter and, and sing, I, there's a certain detachment that you have to have so that you don't, you know, as I call it, lose your cookies while you're trying to <laughs> right. sing, because once I, if I start crying, it's over, you know? Well, let me tell you when Aaron Franco glided gracefully down this aisle, I'm like, Oh my goodness. I am. I can't start crying. And I did. I had to really, oh, yeah. I just had to turn my head because I thought I will not be, there will not not a note come from my throat. Okay. <laughs> so, but, but the reason Aaron, it, you know, that I love you and Aaron is lovable. Anyone that knows Aaron knows this, but what I saw from you um, and so many others, but what I saw from you at that moment was this, this beauty of Christ, this vessel of beauty radiating as you walked very peacefully, very humbly down the aisle to support your sister and to participate in this sacrament and I just I know there's not enough words to articulate the beauty of this but that encapsulates what I felt about the whole mass love was simply everywhere there was this mutual love this deep trust and respect for each other for and for the Lord that was just palpable between the two of them and and within the families and I, I loved how during during the mass both Shannon and Miles, and even at the rehearsal dinner, truly throughout the whole weekend, they gazed upon each other because they see the treasure in one of a, in one another. And that's so different from, I, I don't mean to be crass, but you hear these terms now, she's hot or he's hot or these kinds of terms that are so inappropriate and they speak to, to about one another as objects. There was none of that. And I, yeah. I just, I think that there well, was... This you know what it is? Is um, my sister Shannon is? She's always been kind of a rock star. She's extremely smart. She's beautiful. She's ambitious. You know, she's in medical school. If that kind of tells you, and yeah. she's top of went in a sorority and was kind of at the top in that. But she, everyone who knows her knows what she's about. She is. Um, she's beautiful inside and out. The way that she acts says that, the way she treats others, the way she treats even um, elderly people and children and just, um, I mean, for example, she still keeps up with one of the janitors from our high school, St. Joseph's Academy, and Miss Connie was at her wedding. Oh, how beautiful. And Miss Connie's a friend of our family because she and Shannon struck up a friendship in high school, and they've kept up, and you, that just tells you a little bit about what kind of girl she is and um, just how captivating that is to be beautiful inside. And, um, and I know, I think that was one of, that's one of the things that I just, I really love about my sister because she's such a shining example of someone who the world would say is beautiful, but they would, the world thinks is stunning because she's got that extra. She's got that beautiful heart too. And I think people are very much drawn to her as they are to you because they see something that you have and they want it. And it's that, that peace and that love within your heart. 
And it's a testament to your parents um, and, and to your extended family, your grandparents, and um, this heritage of love that you uh, have been given. It's so incredibly beautiful. And, you know, Michael is very, very blessed to have you as well as Miles to have Shannon. And that's that's reciprocal. You know, they bring the same to to you ladies. And one of the things that um, that I, I noticed is, I guess it, it, it's more of a, a mystical kind of thing, if I may use that word, but there was this awareness that they seemed to recognize this, the Trinitarian nature of the sacrament that they were entering into. This wasn't just a, a, you know, a real pretty wedding and a real pretty church. This was holy. And I just, I love that they chose the gospel reading, the wedding at Cana. You know, mm-hmm. here are two very, very educated people very highly educated people. And sometimes, you know, in this world, when we become highly educated, sometimes we get on the altar of ourselves, you know, and we think we know everything. But this couple is grounded in their faith. And I love that they chose, for whatever reason, the wedding at Cana, because this is where two things happen. Our Well, many things happen, but Our Lady, you know, takes a role and, and lets Jesus know it is time, son, for you to reveal yourself through the, the changing of the water into wine. But secondly, it's her last words in Scripture where she says, do whatever he tells you. That doesn't mean, well, we just kind of think through, well, you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do and, you know, what have you. That doesn't make sense, so I'm not doing that. No, it's do whatever Christ tells you. And I truly believe that Miles and Shannon will be holding on to that to those words throughout their, their new life as they begin, as they begin to open up their 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 life to children um, in their obedience to the church. Yeah, I, know what I, um, I was going to say about that. The wedding at Cana is I always think about how. Um, they had these big, huge, heavy jars that were empty. And when you have to fill them with water, they're really heavy and cumbersome and it's hard to move them. And so do whatever he tells you. It, you know, these people probably thought they were going to be wasting their time, um, mm-hmm. that it was going to be a lot of effort and a lot of hard work to fill them up with water and then drag them all the way back to the wedding. And I think sometimes um, what Christ tells us to do in marriage is the same thing. It's put a lot of effort in, do something that does not look like it's going to work, does not look like it's going to bear fruit, but it does. Um, and that's, you know, that's the kind of trust that you have to have in marriage, you know. Truly. And he shows us that over and over again. If we will but if we will but put forth the effort in trust and in, in love and in mercy and in charity and in virtue, and then he, I know he's demonstrated that to me over and over and over again. He cares about these smallest desires of our heart all the way to the biggest. And he wants our good and he wants our souls. He wants us to be with him forever. I, I think too, and I think it's such a testimony to, to your family, but also I'm seeing it in the young church, these holier, or not holier, holy marriages. I just saw on Facebook, uh, this little couple that got engaged and he had flown to Paris and proposed oh, to her in the St. Genevieve she Chapel. She was there. Yeah, she was there studying <laughs> abroad. And he proposed, he flew. She had no idea he was flying to Paris. To never been overseas. Had never been overseas. Mm-hmm. Had her friend involved in the whole design of it. Um, and you see the happiness and joy radiating, radiating. And you contrast that with so much, you know, Steve and I were so young when we got married. 
And we kind of went against the grain. And you hear people say, oh, don't get married so young. Wait until you're in your late 20s or your early 30s. Get your career out the door. Do this, do that. And these these young things are so inspiring to me because it shows that there is no time limit, no age gap, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. aligning your will with the will of God That's and right. knowing these these holy couples knowing it's not easy. It's not easy to say yes to everything God asks you to do. And especially as you traverse through marriage, you know that more and more, sure. you know, that it gets more and more difficult. Uh, but it's the graces that flow from the sacrament. And if you keep the sacrament in the center of what you're doing in your life, you realize that those graces that flow, though not easy to get to and all of those things, bear the fruit that is promised. Amen, amen. And you know, one of the things, um, gosh, such beautiful reflections, Mary. Um, the homily, I tell you, I again, I had to detach myself a little bit because if I'd immersed myself in it, I'd have been on the floor and not been able to continue. But uh, Deacon Tim Hedrick, a friend of the family and of, of Shannon and Miles, provided the homily and he spoke about the responsibility of each spouse of Shannon and Miles each to get one another or help one another into heaven beautiful profound that is what they are accountable for and I love that he also encouraged them instructed them to be in communion in three ways in order that their marriage may may be fruitful and and grow in love uh, and in unity with one another he says He said that they need to be in communion with God, first and foremost. And Aaron, you've just shared so many ways with us on faith and good counsel, the ways that you you fulfill that communion. You just gave an example last segment of um, uh, the family uh, retreat. retreat. Yeah, sorry. And so, so many ways I've heard from you, Aaron, that that you are doing that. Secondly, be in communion with your family. Extended family, parents, grandparents, cousins, uncles. There's a heritage there. It's it's you were born into a family for a reason. And he was encouraging them to to build union within your family, lean on their support, ask for their guidance, and then also to be in communion with each other and grow in unity together in faith together. And I just I thought this is absolutely stunning. And, you know, um, I just I can't wait to get to the next segment because we're, we're going to continue to talk about this beautiful event and what what it affirmed for me and what it, it has taught me. And hopefully it's uh, teaching some of our listeners today uh, the possibility. So you're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino, Mary Wallace and Aaron Franco. And we'll be back in just a moment. Are you a physician, nurse, or health provider that feels called to restore the culture of life to health care? Recent threats to religious freedom, such as the HHS mandate that forces health care providers to supply the birth control pill and abortion-inducing drugs, underscore the urgent need for medical care that respects life and the dignity of the human person from conception until natural death. To this end, the American Academy of Fertility Care Professionals announces a one-day seminar, The Culture of Life and Medical Practice, to be held at the Hotel Monteleone in the French Quarter, New Orleans, on 
Saturday, August 10th. Nationally known speakers will describe how it is possible to align the practice of medicine with the culture of life. Topics include integrating faith in work, health care or Obamacare, what options do Catholics have, and the legal status of conscience protection in the U.S. There will also be an introduction to APRO technology, an approach to women's health problems including infertility, which seeks to find the underlying causes and to restore the natural health of women, all in line with Catholic teaching. Register at aafcp.org. aafcp.org. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has life eternal, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood real drink. The man who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Scripture Highlights, brought to you by Greg A. Kennedy, CPA, 225-292-5112. Catholic Community Radio can't happen without your spiritual support, but we're also praying for you. Call our prayer force today to ask for the intentions on your heart, 225-341-2720. That's 225-341-2720. Welcome back, everybody. This is Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Aaron Franco, and Dr. Mary Wallace. I'm, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we never know. We never know I'm what sorry. to do there. <laughs> I know. Well, I think I was inconsistent because I'm just ready to jump back in. I don't want to waste a moment. No, let's do I it. tell you, I am just loving talking about this. It just makes my heart just want to burst. Um, and, you know, we actually have a, a guest in the studio. Uh, she is not going to choose to get on a, a mic, but this is Mama of Shannon and Aaron and my very, very, very dear friend, Lucy Berryhill, Dr. Lucy Berryhill. So welcome. Welcome, Lucy. So, yes, Hi, and she uh, is she is nodding. <laughs> she <laughs> smiled that beautiful smile right. that looks just like Aaron's. And- that's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, um, when we were talking before, we just all of these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reflections. I, I have one that I want to share. Um, I'm, wa- I'm watching Aaron walk down the aisle. I'm listening to the homily. I'm, I'm immersing myself to the extent that I can without losing myself in this mass. And I'm, I'm speaking to God. I'm having a dialogue with the Lord during this particular mass. And, and God shows me, he has shown me over and over again, that he cares about the deepest and the tiniest desires of my heart. It may be years later when he fulfills that desire. One of them was to be able to canter in a big, a, a beautiful church like the one I cantered in this past weekend. And so um, that's a great gift and a, a desire in my heart. And he answered that in the most beautiful, profound way this weekend. And so I'm having a dialogue during this wedding with the Lord and saying, Lord, you care about the smallest desires. I want this for my children. I want this love, this relationship, this unity, this community, this beauty uh, for my children, this communion rather for my children, for my daughters. And if my son, if he's not called to the priesthood, if you're calling him to marriage, I want this for him. So, so Shannon and Miles wedding <laughs> there while I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing to sing and, and being a part of the mass. I'm also praying for my own children. Um, because what I, what I experienced 
I I just can't even articulate it. It was so beautiful. You know, you know what's so beautiful about what you just said, Stacy, is that going to Mass, just in general, not even a beautiful, holy Catholic wedding, but going to Mass in general, you're supposed to have that communion with God as well. But then when you're in the midst of such holiness, being able to dialogue with God in that way just comes naturally. That's right. And you we know? were chatting. Right. And he was loving on me and he right. let me know to trust him. And I bet you weren't the only one experiencing that. You I know? don't think so. And in fact, I've, I could see it. I could feel it. I intuited it. I could, I could, I was just feeling it. But also I happened to know that there were numerous people there at the wedding who were maybe unchurched or maybe not practicing their faith, not Catholic. And what, what I reflected upon is, is how, awesome this particular wedding is as a witness as a testament to our faith what a catholic marriage is intended to be what we're taught in our faith and i just i i just wonder about the the glory of god and the fruit that he will produce not only from shannon and miles but from that experience that seed well and and you know it reminds us and i want to encourage listeners and even i'm talking to myself here too and a reminder that even after the wedding our marriages are that is that beacon of light that shows that direct, our sacrament is that direct connection to how Christ's relationship was with the church and so our sacraments are supposed to produce that light always whether we're fighting whether we're struggling mm-hmm. whether we're in joyful times but as people see how you work through all of that, that becomes a witness and a testimony to God's love and Christ, how he sacrificed his life for the church. And so, you know, those are things that are reminders for all of us as listeners um, to be that in your marriage. Indeed. Mary, I wanted to add on to that. Um, I think something that you said recently just really hit me because it's so true. It's Whatever vocation that we're called to, whether it's religious life or single life or marriage, whatever vocation we're called to is our vehicle to holiness. That is the Mm -hmm. way that God knows that our soul, the way that he made us, our personality, that's the the best way for us to to grow, to be what we're supposed to be. And I know for me, um, in my marriage... I know that I was supposed to be married. I, I think I could have been a religious and done great, and it would have been, you know, easier in some ways. But marriage is hard. <laughs> it can right. be hard. Right. But one thing that I, I know that I've told Shannon and my sisters and my brother before is that even the faults in my spouse make me a better person because they are a chance for me to respond in God, in, the, in a godly way. Mm-hmm. And so the good things about them make me a better person. They inspire me. And the stuff that they need to work on also makes me a better person. And I think that God pairs, a lot of times he'll pair people perfectly so that mm-hmm. if you need to work on patience in your soul or some other virtue or understanding or charity, a lot of times, um, you know, there will be something in your spouse that really helps you to grow in that virtue. And, and God just he does. He pairs us perfectly in that way. And um, I'm just amazed. At, I'm about to hit my fifth year anniversary and Yay, two or three congratulations. now. And oh, that's uh, right. We have the same anniversary. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's right. You'll be 21 and you'll be. About all of that. Uh, 
Yeah. What now? What year are you going to be this year? 21. Maybe? 21. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's but amazing. You, you know, uh, I, I love that idea that that your marriage is a vehicle to your holiness. And I'll tell you this. I was telling somebody the other day, nothing has brought me to my knees more than my marriage. Nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. kids, I love my kids. They haven't brought me more to my knees than my marriage has. I mean, it is constantly bringing me in communion with God in prayer. Amen. And, you know, this is not the message that we're surrounded by. And I, I, I was thinking, what could I use as, as an example to exemplify? First of all, we have this beautiful marriage ceremony, wet sacrament that we've been talking about. You know, the best idea I could come up with today was, you know, the show, Say Yes to the Dress. Have you seen this show? Okay. I can't All right. stomach it for just, about five minutes. Just, thank you. <laughs> Work with me for a minute. Okay. I like to sew. I I like to sew. I like wedding dresses. So some episodes, a handful of episodes, I can watch without feeling like, you know, I need to go to confession or something. And th- what the, but but some of them are so disturbing. Um I you know, I can't I can't even begin to say, but you know, I, what I've noticed is when I have watched these, um, and I'm always looking, you know, with this, this psychiatric hat in, it within the framework of our Catholic church and our beliefs. And my heart just aches because what I see is this theme of, I want to be sexy in my mm-hmm. wedding dress and you know, the narcissism and the selfishness and the vanity and the materialism over over relationships, the hurtful behaviors towards people over a wedding. And to contrast, you know, it's it's I mean, by their words and their behavior, you see it, it's just so obvious that they they see themselves as an object to be used and they're offering themselves up as an object to be used. Can you imagine why there's not there's disunity and so much divorce and so much abuse and trauma and everything else? I mean, it's just well, it's yet another visual image out there, you know, and we're we're bombarded all the time with these visual images. I was having a discussion with my daughter the other day and I said, "Please, please, please when you get married, don't do strapless." <laughs> And strapless can be done in a very modest way. It definitely can. And she said, Mom, you know, I've been praying for my husband since I was 12, and it's going to be fine. You're not going to have to worry. Oh, Oh, well, you know, it's these visual images. It it really, really is. And, and, you know, God created us for love and for unity and that complementarity between the sexes, the the Trinitarian relationship with him, the receptivity in the woman, the total self-donation of our bodies, our hearts, and our minds. And, you know, you bring up a point, Mary, about um, modesty. Um, And by the way, Shannon did have a a strapless gown, but it was very, very modestly done. It was was beautiful. There you go. It can be done. Absolutely, absolutely. I was looking in this, um, the book, Theology of Her Body. I just happened to run across this. And there's a part um, early on in, in the book where she's talking about how the presence of God, of the divine, is often shrouded in mystery. We're never totally going to understand our Lord. He's so far above us. His ways are so far above us. And she gives this example of the Holy of Holies in the New Testament and how that that was the most sacred space for the Israelites. And it was veiled. God was you know, not trying to hide himself from his people 
But as in setting himself apart, in veiling himself, shrouding himself in mystery, it was through that to actually reveal his profound holiness and his sacredness. And there's the relationship to that in um, biblically in, in the way that he's made a woman's body. Scripture speaks with great awe about a woman's body. And there's there's uh, the Song of Songs speaks to this. A woman's body is a garden enclosed, and biblical scholars have um, have commented on this. You know, and it's it that garden is to be closed from those who do not have a right to be present. So we are not to give ourselves away like an object, like you know, a commodity. You know that that our bodies are meant for our beloved, and we're only to be open to the one worthy to enter. And there was this beautiful quote that I wanted to share, um, and it's it's speaking of the wedding night. She says, "One bride, one wife said that a bride should be able to say to her husband, quote, now that God has received our pledge to live our married life in His sight, I am granted the permission to give you the keys to this garden." And I trust that you will approach it with fear and trembling. The bridegroom should be reminded that God's permission is required in order for him to penetrate into this sacred enclosure and that he should do so with both reverence and gratitude. I just thought that was so incredibly profound. Now, that is not the message that we hear in the secular media, in our culture. And what woman would not want her beloved, to see her as this treasure, to honor her the way that St. Joseph honored Our Lady. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this, this imagery that is so beautifully spoken of in Scripture about our dignity, dignity, about our bodies, about how we image the Lord in our bodies and our sacredness and our holiness. It is, it's, it's just so distressing to watch say yes to the dress because it's so counter to what we just spoke about. Well, and, and the and the media is full of those reality TV shows, The Bachelorette. Let I, me run through mm, a group of guys until mm. I get to the one who pleases me the most. Mm. It's just disgusting. And, you know, um, at first it might sound, it look fun and, oh, here's something, whatever. But it just becomes another reality TV show to tell you that you're not worth much. Right. You know, and uh, those are those hidden messages that are just out there. Yeah. I wanted to, um, just something that I would, I would wanted to reflect on from the wedding. Um, I was sitting up on the altar with all the rest of the wedding party cause I was a bridesmaid. And, um, so during communion, I, we were kind of facing out watching people come to communion. And, um, I think I told Olivia, this, this is Olivia is Stacy's daughter. Yes. She is, Olivia is a striking girl. She is tall and she's just She's beautiful. Um, And I watched her come up and she had this beautiful, um, just lovely dress on, black and white dress and some beautiful heels. And I just remember thinking how pretty she looked. And I I just, I was like, I've got to tell her, I've got to tell her later. Um, But I also remember watching other people come up to communion who were just more, they were beautiful also and physically and, you know, beautiful faces, but they weren't. They just weren't pointing to to God. They were they looked very out of place in the church. They were dressed for a party, you know. Yeah. So maybe those are those people that the Lord will use this holy experience, this holy mass, 
um, and wedding and relationship to speak to their hearts and to be open to what God has for them. And so, girls, I have so much enjoyed this conversation today. It's been just such such a privilege and such an honor to be at that wedding and to share it with our listeners today. So I just want to say, um, God bless you all, and may God face God shine His face upon you and give you peace. Pox Christi, y'all. Bye bye. Citizens Bank and Trust is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Citizens Bank and Trust, online at citizensbankandtrust.com. That's citizensbankandtrust.com. Hi, this is Laura Manderfield Kransky with St. Mary's Books and Gifts. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Community Radio. We carry Catholic items such as books, art, and sacramental gifts. St. Mary's is located on the corner of Florida and Sherwood Forest Boulevard. Our phone number is 272-4030. St. Mary's, the little bookstore with a big heart and a thirsting desire to spread the good news. Hi, this is Coach Alan Taylor, founder of St. Michael's Family Fitness. We're proud to support the mission of Catholic Community Radio. St. Michael's Family Fitness, strength to serve. 225-241-2222.